2: Let's go places.
1: NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
3: And then there were four. We're out of the final four in the National Football League. Welcome to another edition of the NFL Power Rankings Show presented to you by Energizer, officially. On the behind the curtain parlance, this is week twenty-one of our season. My name is Andrew Siciliano at our studios in Los Angeles. The other side of the screen, the man who this week only had to rank eight teams. What a bargain! What an easy week of work. How are you, Eric Edholm?
4: Uh, feeling relaxed, feeling refreshed, ready to go. I'm. Uh, it's a. It feels like August all over again. <laughs> Except it doesn't. It is still January.
3: The Super Bowl will be played in February. There are four teams remaining. Obviously, we're going to rank eight. Let's start with you right there, scanning the QR code on your screen. And here are the eight. Let's just unveil them all at once. The Ravens and the Niners stay at one and two. They both won. The one seeds, they're at the top. The Lions and the Chiefs, the two teams that won to face the Ravens, and the Niners move up to 3-4. and And then the teams that lost on divisional weekend, the Bills, the Packers, the Texans, and you have the Buccaneers as the worst team in that group of eight to make it to divisional weekend. We'll get to them in a second. Let's start, however, at the top at home, and let's start here with the Baltimore Ravens. I've said no one is going to beat them at home. The Browns and the Steelers were the only ones to do it in the regular season. Really, the Steelers didn't count. Week 18, it was raining. Lamar didn't play. That game was close for a while. I mean, 10-10 at the half thanks to the Steven Sims punt return. But then Eric in the second half, the Ravens not only, in my eyes, proved they're the best team in football, but they almost made it feel like a high school game, like the big kids and the little kids, where you knew that the Texans simply wouldn't do it.
4: Yeah, you just could see how it was going and see how banged up the Texans were on defense. And, you know, once they kind of figured out the Texans' blitzes, you know, I mean, they were coming at Lamar full steam, it seemed like, especially in the first half. But throughout the game, once they figure that out, you know, I I, and credit Todd Munkin for really adjusting uh, on the fly, it was all downhill from there. And, And you think about it, right, from week one when they faced the Texans and then the Texans' last game of the season, last round, You know, four field goals, zero offensive touchdowns. That Baltimore defense did its job, too, especially against C.J. Stroud and all the confidence he had coming into that game. Yeah, that defense kept the Texans. And
3: again, the first game of the year for D'Amico Ryans and the last game of the year kept the Texans out of the end zone in the two times they played, at least offensively, held them to only field goals. That defense, I think if you had to rank all the units remaining here, right? So offense, defense these four teams left. I think the yep. Ravens defense is the best of the 8 remaining.
4: I think you can make that case, right? We have some questions. Obviously the Baltimore offense could certainly be in Also the very good. Too, but yes, but I think you're right. If you had to pick one team to kind of hang your hat on, not to say that, you know, they they can't give up some yards to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick's averaging about what 360, 70 yards against them passing every single time he plays them. But that's in the past. It hasn't been a couple of years since, or it's been a couple of years since they played. So You're right. I mean, the pass rush has come on. The coverage has been plus. I mean, it's been really strong. Their linebackers are kind of an underrated strength of that team. They get pressure from the inside and the out, too, which is a nice thing to have, uh, especially this time of year.
3: Well, it it also shows, and the Niners show this as well, certainly, with Greenlaw and with Warner in no particular order, Mm. that there is value to that position with Queen and with Roquan. A lot of people were shaking their heads when Eric DaCosta gave up a two to the Bears to get Roquan Smith and then had to pay Roquan. One thing to trade him or trade for him, another thing to write him that yeah. big check the Bears wouldn't write. Those two guys are a huge reason, especially with what they have up front, that, that clogs all the lanes, that allows them to go it. And hit. a huge reason they're here, and a huge reason really that Mike McDonald is in the conversation for all these head coaching jobs.
4: Yeah, right. I mean groomed by both Harbaughs, right? Spent right. time with John as an assistant and came as or worked his way up and then uh went to Michigan with Jim for a few years. So, he has been well versed in the, in the Harbaugh universe and but he's he's done things on his own too. I mean I think uh, Jim Harbaugh made or John Harbaugh rather made a point of saying like this is his defense. He's put the work in on this group. They've they've leveled up this season. You're right. I think that linebacker position I agree with you. I mean, I saw Roquan Smith up close here in Chicago quite a bit, thought he was a terrific player, was playing great at the time of the trade, but I didn't know that that would be worth the value, and especially after paying him 20000000 million. I'm here to say that I was wrong. It has been, and especially in a game where you're going against Pacheco and Kelsey and their flexibility, yeah. I mean, that really gives you an edge, I think. Huge difference in what the Ravens have at linebacker and what
3: the Bills had at linebacker, right? And, and coverage possibilities yep. and opportunities against Travis Kelsey. Granted, the Bills are all kind of banged up, and Matt Milano was out, and A.J. Klein has to be in there. Terrell Bernard couldn't go. So, you know, two vastly different conversations here. But it's going to be right. the Ravens and the Chiefs. We'll get to the Chiefs coming up in a second. Let's get to the 49ers. Because while the Ravens and Texans were tied at the half 10-10, the Ravens kicked it into gear. Conversely, the story – Saturday night in San Francisco is, Eric, the Niners are going to blow this. And they almost blew this. We could be sitting here today, if not for that final drive, having the conversation, is it time to move on from Brock Purdy? And does Kyle have to hit reset again to go find his championship quarterback?
4: Yeah. All right. I thought that that fourth quarter was obviously huge for Purdy and Shanahan being able to overcome the deficit. I mean, how many times did, you know, they talk on the broadcast about the 0-30 record when trailing by seven or more points entering the fourth or, or in the fourth quarter? So, yeah, I mean, I thought that was really big for them to be able to kind of get over the hump, especially after Purdy had struggled. The weather was causing issues with his grip. You know, uh, you and I were talking off the air about that one play where he wipes his hand mid-drop back. I don't think either of us had ever seen anything like Never that before. That. Yeah, so, you know, clearly he was struggling with the conditions. They they had lost Evo Samuel early in the game. It just felt like their mojo was a little off. But big plays on defense from Dre Greenlaw, who you talked about earlier, and also Purdy on the final drive. And we'll see. I mean, I still think this game is going to have a lot to say about the future of Brock Purdy. I mean, we, we've seen Kyle Shanahan firmly bat back other quarterbacks before. And then that 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 little uh, that crush uh, wears off over time. So I don't know where we're at with Purdy right now. They're trying to make this thing work, and i uh, will have a shot against the Detroit defense. And as we tape this, full disclosure, we're recording this Tuesday
3: afternoon. On Monday, yep. Kyle said the update on Debo is the shoulder isn't broken. That's the good news, but it's really up in the air as to whether or not Debo is going to play on Sunday. So that factors greatly in all of this, because without them, they're 1-3 this year. They fell apart in the second half offensively, also similar to to the divisional round in Cleveland because of the rain. It should be sunny for the most part, we think, on Sunday in San Francisco. But no Debo. They're a different team. Now, when you have all week to prepare, knowing you're not going to have him, does that factor in all of this? Clearly it does. But what you said there about we could still be having this pretty conversation next week um, is dead on especially after, did you see the Nick Wagner article in ESPN.com last week that suggested, and it was right out of Purdy's mouth, that Kyle told him they
4: were going after Tom Brady
3: last year in the offseason?
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, everything's up in the air with Kyle, right? I feel like he's always got, you know, multiple balls juggling in the air at quarterback, right? He's always, you know, the Sam Darnold signing, right after when he was uh, benched against the Ravens, a lot of people thought, boy, is is it possible Sam could take over down the stretch? Didn't happen that way, obviously, but... You know, I didn't blink at that one. I mean, I really felt like that was one of those those signings where you. Yeah. This one has a little more deeper meaning. But focusing here on the game, obviously, if they can, if they can exploit the exploitable weaknesses of this Lions defense, they can win this game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I think there are some holes in this in this uh, Detroit D. But uh, you know, who knows, right? Especially if Debo is out. I do think, to your point, though, if they come into this game. Feeling like he's just not going to play. I mean, we're going to have to have a Hail Mary. And they have a plan for it. Find their best stuff without him. You know, use a little misdirection. They can get by all right. All right. uh, We'll pull back the TV curtain. That was a nine minute A block
3: talking only two teams. Coming up, the other two teams playing this weekend. Our thoughts on the three and the four in this week's rankings the Lions and the Chiefs as we continue on the NFL Power Rankings show presented by Andrew (laughs) Johnson.
5: sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places
0: Now is the time to accelerate innovation T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula 1 Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobilecom slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is the NFL Power
3: Ranking Show. We're presented by Energizer, Andrew Siciliano, and Eric Edholm right over there who puts these together. Obviously, we got the Ravens and the Niners at one and two. That means we have America's team seemingly now, the Lions, Eric, at Number three, Bucks gave him a run here. I feel like we could do an entire show on Todd Bowles' clock mismanagement on the knees at the end of the game. <laughs> We're not going to do that, though. We're going to celebrate these Detroit Lions, who I think have a heck of a shot in Santa Clara on Sunday.
4: Absolutely they do. I know I probably am talking out of both sides of my mouth early in the first segment. I said, hey, look, this Detroit defense has holes in it. They do, but they've also found ways to make plays when they absolutely have to. And, you know, Derek Bards' his first interception clinching the game. I, I, I wouldn't have put money on that one, but hey, you know, they're, they're finding sources on that side of the ball. You know, Melifonwu in the secondary, Brian Branch is a rookie, you know, Ali McNeil, what have you. I mean, they've, they've gotten other guys besides Aiden Hutchinson to step up, but you just like to see it a little more consistently. Still, I, I think with that offense and what Jameer Gibbs, especially once he got into the game flow game flow a little bit more, you know, it completely changed the game. Tampa Bay did a great job plugging up all the gaps, especially when Montgomery's in there. But I don't know that San Francisco is going to have that, that same game plan or that same success level. They've been really good against the run statistically this year, but it has changed in the last uh, several games uh, as they've had injuries up front. I just love the storyline here. Not only the
3: Lions, right, uh, obviously trying to make it to the Super Bowl here and trying sure. to win a third playoff game on their road to Vegas. But Jared Goff, as we see Baker Bayfield on the screen, Jared Goff going back home to the Bay Area, going back home to face a team that when he was with the Rams he had trouble against, but so did Sean McVay and the rest of the unit collectively other than the NFC Championship game with Matthew Safford, to get my point. But the Jared Goff Redemption Tour yeah. is such a great storyline. Honestly, I know it's gotten a lot of attention. I think it deserves more.
4: I think so, too, right? I mean, I think, I think people are still in the mindset of, well, whenever Detroit can replace them, they will. He's been good, you know. I, mean, I, I hear that a lot as I go on radio shows and talk to people out and about, and they say, yeah, Jared Goff's good, right? Well, he's played at a really high level. He didn't come out hot the way he did against the Rams in this game, so he had to kind of find his rhythm a little bit. Seemed a little off early in the game, but, boy, that fourth quarter, he was he was firing away. I think he hit 11 or 12 passes in a row to start the quarter. You know, really got Laporta involved there, had some big throws to Jameson and obviously St. Brown as well. So, you know, they're still tough to defend. I mean, they have four, you know, pass catchers I think they feel like they really trust. And that doesn't even count Josh Reynolds, who stepped mm-hmm. up, too. So maybe five. I mean, it's it's been a collective effort. Jared believes in those guys. And, yeah, I mean, first of all, the guts of a team to hand it to, to Craig Reynolds on, on fourth and goal uh, just supports the whole idea that, like, anything can happen with this team. Jared Goff, I'm sure, has just as much faith in, in uh, Reynolds as he does and all those other guys. It's a fun story all around and you're right, if he wins this I, I think people's minds are changed on him a little bit. I mean, he, people called him a stopgap even
3: after last season's great second half, right? which they, they almost got in. I had conversations with people, like coaches, GM type of people, at the league meeting where they were already projecting where Jared would go other than Detroit this coming 2024 <laughs> season. That ain't happening wow. anymore. All right, Jared Goff is on the verge of taking the Detroit Lions to the Super Bowl. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are in this position yet again. Sixth consecutive year here as we get to the team making a power move presented by Energizer, Eric. The Chiefs are back in the AFC Championship game. And I think there is some similarity here with Michael Jordan and the Bulls, right? Or Tom mm. Brady with his great run for 20 years in New England. That if you were in that conference – you simply weren't gonna get past them because they were that good, and Mahomes is Brady or Mahomes is Jordan.
4: In the end, he will steal your soul. I mean, this this could end up being an Indiana Pacers kind of series where it was yeah. a, it was sort of a flawed Bulls team, right, that was able to beat a really really good team, and, and I think that's what Baltimore is, right? I mean if Lamar is Reggie Miller he has a surrounding cast that goes very deep we've talked about the defense we know about the offensive line we know about the you know those receivers etc so but you're right they still have Jordan they still have Patrick Mahomes and he's had success against the ravens again different personnel different coordinator all that but you know i don't think he's going to come in there especially after going on the road last week and and doing what he did against the bills that there is not going to be any fear in this man so yeah, look, if if Marquez Valdez-Scantling can do what he did last week, and Rasheed Rice can do what he did last week, all of a sudden, this is a completely different offense, I think, than what we were talking about for, what, 15 of the of the 18 weeks this year. Listen, I, I, I hesitate to compare anyone
3: to Michael Jordan, okay? But Jordan and Brady both had a quality where you willed those around you to win, where, where the teammates Absolutely. were almost in fear of being known as the teammates that let the great one down, right? Yep. Like, you're going to hit that shot from the corner because I'm not going to be the guy that misses the shot and Michael Jordan doesn't win. And those that we've criticized all year for the Chiefs, like MVS and Rasheed Rice, all of a sudden, yep. now when it matters most, make the huge plays.
4: Absolutely. They stepped up and whether it was that fear factor or not, I think they're going to need that same kind of performance against this Ravens defense that we've, you know, I think thrown our flowers at because they have been that good. So yeah, I, I still think there's going to be a way for Mahomes to have some success against this group, though, as you pointed out. And and like you said, it's the synergy that he brings out of everybody to Hey, it's, it's win or go home, and, and you know how I'm going to feel about going home at this point. Yeah, I mean, listen, we can could, we could do the X's and O's of this
3: one for, for days. LeJarius Sneed against yeah. A. Flowers or Odell. If you put him on Odell, does Mark Andrews come back here? Do they get Kadarius Toney yep. back, Sky Moore? Or, or then there's the what happens next year. Like, is this Chris Jones' final game as a Chief if they don't win? Is Kelsey on yep. the screen here going to retire? There are so many great storylines for this game. We'll have to save them for next week. Coming up on the Power Ranking Show presented by Energizer. But wait, there's four more. What happened to the Bills, the Packers, the Texans, and the Buccaneers? We'll do an exit interview of sorts for those four. The bottom four in our Power Ranking Show presented by Energizer.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022.
0: 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. All right, it's the NFL Power Ranking Show presented to
3: you by Energizer. Andrew Siciliano, Eric at home, who puts these rankings together on your screen and also available on NFL.com. The Bills, here we go again. Eric, we've seen this movie so many times. They have a very good team. Yeah. They get here, they have their hearts ripped out, usually by the Chiefs. Third straight year, it is the divisional round. But as we move forward here, they have 22. Soon to be free agents. They have a huge cap hit coming up on Josh Allen's contract. Steph Diggs, big number. Von Miller, age and big number. It's not yep. a teardown, but it is going to be a massive remodel.
4: I agree, right? I mean, they got to this point and were able to build their roster in such a way, including signing guys like Von Miller to, to massive deals. Because of Josh Allen's contract, his cap hit, you know, until this season had never been more than what, like 18 million, 47 plus million next year. So that's a different look. And, and as you pointed out, Diggs, too, I think is over 20, almost 28 million. So, um, and really wasn't very effective down the stretch. He wasn't effective in the two games against the chiefs, 19 targets. think he had like seven catches for, for, you know, 50, 60 yards. So, Boy, in those big moments, you really need your superstar number one receiver to be there for you. And I know Brandon Bean has said on Tuesday that he views Diggs as that number one guy. But with Gabe Davis entering free agency, I mean, you know, Trey White and Matt Milano, that age 30 range coming off major injuries. I mean, that's a lot to figure out. And I know they get a little help with the compensatory draft. But, man, I don't know. I just don't see a clear path back to the same level of dominance that they've had. And it
3: looks as if, barring something really unforeseen, that Sean McDermott is back as head coach, endorsed obviously by Josh Allen, by Brandon Bean, and McDermott yep. was on the podium for his end-of-season press conference. There are some who think, however, that this team has gone as far as it can with Sean, that sometimes change for the sake of change might be a good thing. I don't think that is going to happen. He pulled them back right. from 6-6 six and six in mediocrity and got them here. But again, it's the same end to a familiar movie for Bills fans. Meantime, a much different movie than expected here for the Green Bay Packers. Time to invest in the future presented by Fidelity. They're the exact opposite, Eric, of what you have in Buffalo. You have a young quarterback yeah. on still a reasonably cheap contract, and everyone he throws the ball to is either a
4: rookie or a second-year player. I have never quite seen a team assembled like this. And I suspect that when you and I get to the combine and all the talking heads, GMs and head coaches, they're going to get asked about what the Packers are doing. The Packers model, if you will, which is obviously the quarterback component. We know, right? You draft them. You let them sit for a couple years. We know that story very well, but also to draft all these young receivers in Aaron Rodgers last year, by the way, uh, and then put them with the young quarterback and watch them grow up together early in the season. Results were incomplete. Second half of the year. Terrific playoff game, more of what we saw of the incomplete variety, right? Some great throws early in the game, some questionable decisions, especially that last interception and given the down and distance. Um, you can live with it, I guess, but man, that was a tough one to swallow at the time, and I'm excited about the feature. I, like you said, I mean, I've never quite seen a group c- compile like this, but you know, we still have a decision on the defensive coordinator and Love's mm-hmm. got to avoid those kind of mistakes.
3: Joe Barry, the D.C. much maligned during the season, but that unit came together down the stretch, a part of their winning streak, a big part yep. of that winning streak to get them in and to get them actually through Dallas and to San Francisco. I'm glad you mentioned the Senior Bowl. Next week's show will be done in Mobile, and it's where Brian Gutekunst found most of these pieces for Jordan Love. Actually, he found Jordan Love there as well in Mobile. Yep. But Musgrave, Reed, Wicks, Watson, Dobbs, they are all former Senior Bowl players. The draft starts yep. in Mobile. Bo Melton. Yeah. Yep, Bo Melton as well. Obviously went to Seattle first, bounced around, and Bo Melton's brother is going to be yeah, right. at the Senior Bowl this year. Shameless plug, NFL Plus, NFL Network, all next week. All right, let's move on to the Texans. Future is bright for them as well. They have a lot of young pieces, and it isn't just C.J. Stroud. It's Tank Dill, senior bowl guy. Christian Harris playing lights out as well. They um, have reason to be optimistic.
4: Yeah, Jonathan Gennard and, and Will Anderson Jr. And, and you know, you saw a little more out of John Mechie down the stretch when he was forced into action. So very excited about the young court here. Nico Collins kind of became that number one receiver um, out of necessity. But, hey, I mean, I view him as a at least a low end number one right now, given the way he played. So. A lot of excitement. Still have to find a way to fill out that defensive uh, roster. Still have to find a way to beef up the offensive line a little bit more. They've made changes, they've made improvements, but more needed. And the expectations, I mean, heck, Andrew, they're probably in the same kind of position that the Jacksonville Jaguars were one year ago. And we spent all offseason extolling the virtues of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence and you know Calvin Ridley's going to blow up in this offense. Well, it didn't happen, at least down the stretch it didn't. So there's still a lot of pressure on this Texans team, I believe, and as as good as an exciting season they had, I'm still going to slightly pump the brakes a little bit because of what we've seen in the past. Yeah, but
3: look, they got the quarterback right and they got the coach right. No doubt. Those two are huge, huge, huge. In Tampa, I think they got it right. I mean, Todd Bowles' game mismanagement aside – in the final seconds in Detroit, you got to bring Baker
4: back, right? I think so. And there, this seems like there's mutual interest. Look, he bet on himself. He won the bet. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with what Baker did this season. Is there a cap or a limit to what he can do with an NFL team over a longer period of time? Absolutely. But this buys you time if you don't think that Kyle Trask can, can knock him off the perch one day to draft somebody else. And so he's going to be that good one two three year bridge quarterback whatever he ends up being and you know they have more decisions on on defense to make too i thought that unit really fell apart in the fourth quarter but uh i'm i have to say i i discredited some of what the bucks did this year especially you know coming from four and seven that that, that streak in the middle of the year where they were really struggling Bulls did a nice job just like Sean um, McDermott did in Buffalo. He got his team playing good football. They saw the reality of the division, and they went and won the thing. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, he beat the Eagles and almost beat the Lions. So, sure, a lot of a lot of boxes checks, uh, checked this offseason. Yeah, this and on,
3: on the redemption tour thing, I'm happy for Baker Mayfield as well. Um, yeah, uh, look yep. the guy. Baker Mayfield has has, uh, won a playoff game both times, and he's made it into the postseason 2020 with the Browns and then here with the Buccaneers. We are back next week. We're going to do this again after the conference championship games and rank them from Mobile as we get ready for Vegas. Everyone, enjoy Championship Sunday. For Eric at home, my name is Andrew Siciliano, and here we are again with another edition of the NFL Power Ranking Show presented by Energizer.
1: NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
0: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call one 800 gambler four seven, or go to
6: HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March twenty six, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.